Uh, Grant, if you're listening, Jody's interviewed Zach Efron. <laughs> Welcome to Blethered. This is episode 30 with TV presenter and showbiz reporter Jodie McCallum. Jodie's from Glasgow and after studying drama and musical theatre, she found herself working in TV presenting. She talks about the process of applying for drama skills and what it was like to be down in London trying to make it in the industry before finding her path in life rerouted quite dramatically. Jodie details how she... I suppose accidentally ended up in the direction of TV presenting and what turned out to be a very fortuitous and, if you're that way inclined, it could be argued a very serendipitous fork in the road. Channel 4's talent scheme saw Jodie going through an apprenticeship of sorts, which led her to where she is now, interviewing A-listers such as Will I Am, Tom Jones and Zac Efron, to name just a handful. It also brought her on to working on Lorraine Kelly's show, even filling in for the Queen of Daytime TV herself, by the way, if you're from outside the United Kingdom and you're wondering who Lorraine Kelly is, I'd say she's the Ellen DeGeneres of UK TV, but a wee bit more like your ma, in a nice way. And uh, ma means mum, by the way. We chat about the pressures on women and men in modern day society and the insecurities caused by social media, particularly Instagram. We've all scrolled down Instagram and felt a visceral unease and inferiority as a result of comparing your average Tuesday to somebody's highlight reel for the entire year. Think about it. Somebody's on holiday or they bought something nice, they take a photo in that moment, it's carefully edited and managed, maybe a wee filter, I'm partial to a wee Clarendon on 20% myself, before being posted. In the moment that you see it, you might be on your lunch break, eating a Greg's, worrying about a direct debit that's due to come out tomorrow. You're needing your hair sorted, you're feeling fat and shattered because you stayed up till 2 in the morning watching Netflix. That's going to make you feel a bit low, it's human nature. Well, we talk about the fallacy and the illusion of the entire thing. We're all susceptible to it and I think it impacts us a lot more than we realise. The world's constantly telling you to have more, buy more stuff, go on more holidays, wear better clothes, be thinner, be more ripped, have a better car, then you'll be happier. Never fucking ends, man, so you'll hear us talking about how that's a lot of pish. My generation and older are lucky that we can distinguish that line somewhat between real life and social media. The generation younger than mine probably don't know anything other than the culture of being bombarded with Instagram models looking brilliant with their photos or we fudge constantly showing off material stuff. Well in mate, Valentino trainers a lovely eye. I spoke to you in a night out and you might be a nice guy but you're a fucking sleeping tablet man. There's more to life and there's far more to your identity than your Instagram following. No harm to anybody who uses the app to their advantage. I say go on yourself, ride it till the wheels come off, but these facts need to be spoken because kids are having their heads absolutely ruined with it. Jodie gives fantastic advice on how to get into the TV industry and how to go about breaking into TV presenting. This is invaluable advice from somebody who has well and truly been there and done it. I loved this whole chat, it was a great fun, or a great fun? It was great fun to record, and you can immediately see why Jodie does what she does. She's friendly, great fun, and a right good laugh. And it was very interesting to find out about her job, and, you know, about the, the ups and downs, you know, having to live down south in London, missing home, I can relate to that. As always, the, con- the conversation will continue over in Flick Chat, which is a free app that I use, and it's now built up a solid group of about 120 people, and it's grown. 
I'll share the link on Twitter or you can ask me for it directly. And now that FlickChat is really up and running, people have been connecting and chatting about some of the issues they've been affected by covered in the podcast, from child abuse to mental health topics, some serious stuff, gambling addiction, to just getting a laugh and basic chat. Come on, get involved if you think you fancy a wee look. If you enjoy this episode, feel free to give it a wee share or to pass it on to somebody. Cheers. So I said earlier in the week that I was going to get Scotland's best young TV presenter on the show. Now, unfortunately, Amy Irons is busy, but I managed to get Jodie McCallum instead. Jodie, welcome. What's happening? How are you? Um, I'm alright. I'm better than you, but it sounds I like know, Jodie, I know. Jodie Tell... Yeah, I just want to make it clear, guys. I've been in a field all weekend, basically. Um, it was my boyfriend's sister's 40th. Shout out to Chris Mack. Um, it was his, his 40th at the weekend, and... We basically had a mini festival in a field, so it was some party, but we had fire pits and all that at the end, so it was a bit like Love Island with less good-looking people there, but um, <laughs> I, there was loads of fire pits at the end, so my throat got caught up in the smoke from the fire, and I sound like a smacked arse, but I'm anyway. glad you clarified I it know. was a party, because when you said they were on a field, I thought I that's a pure keys in the bowl situation. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all, no. We stand calling more there, no? Uh, no, no, I, was, I don't even know who that is. I was definitely at, um, at a party in a field, it wasn't just in a field for the sake of being in a field, but... Yes, the smoke the smoke's caught my um, caught my throat, the smoke from the fire, so I'm struggling to speak. But I've got a wee lemon and ginger, so we'll be all right. <laughs> Smashing. Uh, so we're, we're going to talk about, basically, your career in TV and presenting. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the start. I mean, for, give a wee introduction of sort of who you are, where you're from, or we know who you are. But where you're from, and kind of your first early steps into the industry. Right, cool. So my name's Jodie McCallum, for anybody that won't know me, so that'll be everybody don't listening worry, to this podcast. I've, I've raved about you in the intro, <laughs> Oh, no, worry. I know, you've picked me up far too much. Um, so, actually, I never I never set out to be a TV presenter, but when I was wee, so I went to primary school in Coat Bridge, grew up in Coat Bridge, went to primary school there, and I was a pure weirdo when I was a wee girl, I don't know why, but... I was really painfully shy. I moved schools, so I don't know if it was that or what it right. was, but I was really, like, painfully shy, like, to the point you just would never imagine it. <clears throat> I used to, like, cry having to go to school and stuff like that. I don't know what was up with me. It was just a weird way. That's strange. I know, it is strange, isn't it? And I still have never got... I know. That. I've never got to the bottom of it, but you find sometimes the folk that were the loudest then are the quietest now. Mm. It's weird how that happens, but anyway. So... I kinda when I was at school, um, we did like drama and stuff, and that's kinda just where I found my voice. So I'd go on stage, and my teacher, my teachers would be like, "Oh my god, you're the quietest wee girl!" But when you go on stage, you're just—I just felt like, "Oh my god, this is where I belong. I love this. This is like home." So they got me into doing loads of competitions, like going reading poetry, like doing Robbie Burns things and kilts and all that, like all sorts. Just, just kinda getting into drama, and that, then that's when I found my confidence. I was like, "Well, this is amazing," and that's when I found my voice and all that sort of stuff. And then progressed to high school still wanted to do acting so I wanted to be an actress since I was a wee girl right. and my mum did acting um, before she had me I kind of came along and ruined that plan but um, <laughs> she was actually at the same school as David Tennant alright right. I know so she was in the same drama school as him so they, I've got videos like old tapes of David right. Tennant and That's my mum doing acting I know my mum was a really good actress as well but obviously it was all amateur then because you couldn't go and study it like we can now have you ever met him through work? no no and I'm desperate to because I've got I've got stuff footage of him that nobody else would know do you know that way so ah, I'm yeah, like yeah, I've got it in my locker so he'll give me a, an exclusive interview one day hopefully <laughs> David if you're listening <laughs> um so yeah, so then went to high school, still wanted to do acting, and then basically they didn't do drama at my high school, so I was like, shit, what am I going to do? So um, I picked music, because obviously that was a kind of outlet, 
um, and a music teacher was like, right, I'm going to teach you to sing. And I was like, no, you're no, like, I'm, a, I'm an actress, darling, I'm not doing this musical <laughs> theatre, that's beneath me, kind of thing. And then she was like, no, I'm going to teach you. And I was awful, but she taught me. And do you know what? Within a year, I won a competition at some singing thing. Can you, can you learn to be a good singer? I think you can. I because think you can. I, I get slated, I get slated all the time for being a bad singer, and I googled how to be a better singer, right? Oh god! And it came up with these bullet points, and one was like, "Breathe when mm-hmm. you sing," and it sounds obvious. Breathing's but really. Um, I would like hold my breath, and then soon I started breathing. I'm no, I'm not saying yeah. I'm, better than, I'm better than Lewis Capaldi, right? But if I had been given these songs, so you can actually learn. I think to you be, can. I can. I think because I kind of knew how to breathe all that properly for acting, because it's kind of similar. Because you need mm. to project your voice and stuff like that. And obviously, I'd be doing it in days where there wasn't any microphones and all that. You just right. done it in a hall. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I think I think you can be taught, but it's be, it's like anything else. Like if you want to be a dancer, learn from when you're young, because mm-hmm. it kind of gets built in. I think as you get older, you're more critical, so you maybe don't progress as much because you're more kind of frightened of it. Yeah. Whereas when you're young, you don't care. Do you know what I mean? So no, she taught me to sing and. I had quite a big, like a strong voice anyway because of the acting and stuff. So I guess the kind of training was kind of set a wee bit. Um, and then she taught me. And then so that kind of took over. So then when I left high school, I loved school by the way, because I was always taking out of like all my classes. So <laughs> I'd be taking it a mass, which is why I'm so shite at it, um, to go and do like rehearsals for competitions or rehearsals for shows. So it was like Aye. just being like high school musical, except mm-hmm. Cobra Chai. It was great. <laughs> Honestly, it was brilliant. I loved it. I was a cheerleader and all that. I just get out of classes all the time to go and do shows. So I kind of always knew that's what I was going to do. And then when I was 16, I left school, but I left in fifth year, because the way right, my okay. birthday falls, I don't know, it's weird, I just left when I was younger, it's just because right, my okay. birthday's in November. But anyway, so I left and I, I got into Motherwell College right. um, to do musical theatre, so Motherwell was actually, it's still quite is a hard college to get into for like, performing arts and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so I went there for two years, did a HND in musical theatre, and then my last year I went down to Hull in England with five of my pals, well sorry, four other pals and me, there was five of us, we had a three-storey, uh, five-bedroom house in Hull, and it was amazing, because there's a performing arts school there, mm. and obviously there's big ones and all that in London, but they're extortionate, so we went there um, for a year, and it was one of the best years of my life, obviously, like, five Scottish girls in the house together doing what we love, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and that's when I got my degree, so I actually got my degree in musical theatre by the time I was 19, and then after that, I started auditioning for these drama schools, so you can go to, like, drama schools in London and do like a it's not actually a degree it's just like another year of like right, okay. in, like professional like you know intense training because it was good but I think you kind of almost need to go to those schools to kind of even get anywhere if you know what I mean not so maybe not so much now but back then it, it felt very much like, like if that. you didn't have that credential then it's going to take you seriously aye so right. I auditioned to the like RSAMD up here and stuff like that but I never get <laughs> I don't think I was highbrow enough for them <laughs> um, but then so I, I did audition and blah blah and I got into an American one down in London and it was going to be some of it was in London some of it was in New York but it was 10 grand for wow. one year and that, that's normal by the way it's probably higher than that now and I just I just couldn't afford that I wasn't crying there when I said that by the way my voice just broke a wee bit <laughs> <laughs> it's too expensive. And but I just couldn't afford it, do you know what I mean? So, so I interviewed uh, Tommy Gakin one, he's a photographer. Oh, right. Uh, and he's a really interesting guy, and he was talking about the arts and how the arts are sort of blocked off yes, to totally. people who. She, she sort of made the point that they're blocked off to people who perhaps aren't very financially well off, but he then argued <clears> that create. Uh, a lot of creativity, or he argued that the most creative people come from working class backgrounds. 100%. Sort of, you know, you know what it's like to be poor. You know what it's like to have. Oh, you actually know it when you're playing the character. I, you exactly. Know, I, you, you, you kind of have a more rounded experience of life because I think he actually quoted um, 
pulp common people. Uh-huh. It's like you, you're like you know uh-huh. you think you That's can. That's true though. There might, there might be people listening to that that would get a bit pissed off and then be like, well, so just because I've been well off, I don't have a better understanding of life. Well, the answer is yes. Uh, exactly, exactly. I've had you up on that, don't worry. It fucking hurts, mate. <laughs> uh, no, um, sorry, totally. so, aye, so you couldn't do that. So then what aye, did so you I, do? I, I never did it. Obviously, like at the time, my wee granddad would try to kind of look at loans and stuff. But see, to be honest, even if I had managed to get that money together, 10 grand is a lot of money, do you know what I mean? Mm. To throw on Other one year. scholarships available. So that was another point that Tommy Aye. made is like how many people are being lost because, mm-hmm. you know, they can't afford to be run about for auditions and have a flat in London while daddy picks exactly. up the bill and all exactly. that. Exactly. And um, I, yeah, I think there is scholarships. I don't know if there was with that particular one that I got into, there was, but I remember the guy who was the head of the company phoning me and saying, like, why are you not coming, kind of thing? And I was like, because it's too expensive. Why are you, you know not I mean? Aye, minutes, mate, Aye. Why are you not giving me 10 grand? Do you know what I mean? That's what he was saying. But no, so I, I kind of just left that, but I always kind of knew in my head, right, I'm going to need to move to London if mm-hmm. this is going to happen. But I didn't straight away, and to be honest, nothing was really happening for me. I was going to auditions, I was kind of up and down to London, different things, blah, 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 and nothing was really kind of moving. So I just found myself kind of just going out all the time, partying all the time, and just kind of wasting my life for like uh-huh. a year or so. <laughs> just kind of what you do, because uh-huh. I'd been structured like my whole life. It's like you go to school, then you go to high school, then you go to this, and I was always doing rehearsals, I was always doing stuff, so... Mm-hmm. To be then out in the opening, going to auditions and not getting anywhere was like, oh my God, what is happening in my life? Um, so I moved to London when I was 21, I think. And initially moved down there to kind of pursue theatre, um, either acting, either singing or, or musical theatre, anything sort of along those lines. Moved down and then was kind of going to auditions and stuff. And then I just kind of, I didn't fall out of love with it because it will always be my first love. Being mm-hmm. on stage will always be my first love. But I ended up hearing more about TV work and all of that, and everybody was really nice in TV. And I'm not saying they're not in theatre, but obviously it's very, like, cutthroat. Like, they literally yeah. say, you're too fat, get off the stage, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, literally. And I could sing and I could act to a decent level, but I couldn't dance for shit. I was such a bad dancer, like, honestly. Oh, so do you need to be a, a really good Triple dancer? Triple threat, uh, you need right, to be sure all, basically. Because I can't <laughs> Maybe not for, like, a panto or something. Maybe we'll, this time next year we'll be talking about this, we'll wear a panto together. Like, <laughs> no, maybe not for something like that, but if you want to be on the West End, like, because uh, uh-huh. when, when your entry point is being like kind of one of the backup folks, so you mm-hmm. need to be kind of really good at everything basically because you're just kind of used for that. So, I ended up kind of finding out about TV and stuff, and I thought, you know what, that might be quite good just to look into. And very strangely, there's a wee old woman who's a psychic, right? Um, that I've since been to years ago, but my mum went to her years and years and years ago when I was in the wee girl. And of course she's come in and I'm like, Mum, what'd you say about me? What'd you say about me? And Mum's pure, like, with dead cutthroat about it. She was like, well, Jodie, she said you're not going to be a famous actress. <laughs> um, I know, and I was pure devastated. She was like, but you're going to be the next Davina McCall. And obviously I didn't, I wasn't really allowed to watch Big Brother then. I was like, I don't know, five or something. So I was like, well, who's that? And I didn't, I didn't really, it stayed in my mind though, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? But I never really thought about it. So that came into my head and I was like, hmm, presenting, maybe I should just get a sweet bash. Mm-hmm. So I did some stuff for like a student thing these pals I knew kind of knew that I'd done a wee bit of acting work for like short film and stuff and they were like we need somebody to do presents I was like I'll go and do it but they made me read off a laptop right. instead of autocue so yeah. that was my first thing watching myself back and I was like I am awful at this like no way and then I heard of um I found out about Four Talent. Shout out to Four Talent, by the way. They literally made my career. I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for them, Priscilla, before. Love you forever. Yes, love Four Talent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know, honestly, I need to, because I, I literally wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for them. So anyway, cutting a long story short, <laughs> taking around the right way to get about this. This is going to be about fucking 12 hours. Um, basically, I went to a Four Talent open day. So they do these, I, I now host them, but... Um, they do these pop-up days called C4 pop-ups right. and it's for anybody that's kind of entry level any any background mm-hmm. um, anything like that they can go along and see what it's like to have a career in media 
So on my day, there was a presenting workshop, and I kind of said to Channel 4, like the people that were there from Four Talent, what, what should I do? Like, where should I go? And they were like, you should definitely do presenting. And I was like, yeah, well, give a call, but I don't think I'm any good. Like, mm-hmm. So we went in, and I had to read from Oku and pretend I was on a red carpet, which is weird, right? Because that's kind of basically what I'm doing now. Right. Um, I want to see if I could show you the video. I will put it out there one day, like when I'm actually successful, because right, right now it's so bad, like I mean, it's awful. Be, I'd say you're pretty successful right now. I know in terms oh. of the grand scheme of things where you want to be, but we'll yeah. come on to that in terms Aye, of how you are. But I continue. Aye, right, so um, my chest was all red, my face was beat. I was shining myself, but I went up and did it, and and it actually went really well. Like mm-hmm. I, I hate it looking back, obviously. But so basically, there was a wee competition, and they chose the best presenter of the day, and they chose me. So at the end of it, um, Priscilla, who I was mentioning there, who was kind of running for talent, had said to me, I, mean, I spoke to her, and she was like, oh my God, you're, you're great, like you're brilliant. And I was just like, really? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and she was like, right, listen, there's a scheme that's opening with Channel 4, it's called 4 Crew. We look for a presenter, just for online stuff. It's just literally, mm-hmm. we've got the presenter for this year. It'll open again in a year, get some experience, get a showreel and apply. And I was like, do you really think I should be doing this? Because like, I'm literally going to just quit everything that I've been doing and jump into this. <laughs> and she was like, and she believed in me so much to the point where, and at that point I was feeling quite low within myself anyway, because yeah. nothing was happening for me. And I just thought, what is my life? Like, I'm not talented. What am, what am I doing? And she pure believed in me so much that I actually believed in myself from that. Mm-hmm. And then basically, so that's what I did. So I just went out. I started sort of just interviewing anybody, like literally just kind of like yourself. Just um, I went out, did like um, interviews on the street, like Vox Pops and stuff like yeah. that, which is my favourite thing to do. It's always fun. Um, I did like loads of student projects and stuff like that and kind of built a wee showreel together. So this was all over the course of when this thing opened. Kept in touch with Four Talent, kept sending them things I was doing. And then a year later, applied. Priscilla had left but I got a new boss called Laura who was amazing um, Laura my pal Garby and um, yeah they, I, got, I, had, I had to go to Channel 4 and kind of tell them why I wanted the job but because yeah. I'd done everything that they'd told me to do it was kind of like right she's done everything we need to get the job now uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean but I still had to audition and go through the process but then I got on that scheme and that's kind of where it all it all happened that was my first professional job which was amazing see when you said you felt like your face and your chest was red and all that Aye. was that like just through a sort of nerves because Aye, you'd nerves. never having done it did that then subside just with experience yeah. you know the more you yeah. did it yeah you just you just get calmer like it's like anything else like obviously i was on the telly there on friday and i'm absolutely terrified it's my first time doing it but it's like anything else the more you do it you just you get calmer totally agree, you yeah. can't you can't not get nervous like i'm nervous for this today you can't not i think i think that's normal and i think the minute you don't get nervous sometimes i'm too relaxed and like <laughs> one time my boss said to me and i was presenting my stuff that i do on itv he was like, Jodie, can you smile a wee bit more? Like, see if you're actually enjoying this. And I was like, sorry, I'm just so relaxed. And sometimes I look raging at the end because I have to hold my pose and I always forget. And then I remember and I'm kind of like, and I just look, I look so raging. So, aye, sometimes you can be too relaxed. So I think it's good to be nervous. Do you, when you have nerves, or if you, you're sort of feeling that, do you think, and this might be a pure reach for me, but does your sort of acting background and experience <clears> allow you just to focus in and pretend, oh my and, you God, know, fake uh, it till you make yes, it? Yes, 100%. 100% and I think for anybody that's got kids or anything like that I think if you've got kids get them into drama because it'll mm-hmm. build their confidence yeah. even if they don't want to do that it's so good for your confidence mm-hmm. and I think because yeah you learn how to be like I've, I've performed in front of 3,000 people at the Royal Concert Hall singing and all that so I've done like live shows mm-hmm. and I'm worried about a pre-recorded thing do you know what I mean yeah. and that's the thing about presenting when it's not live don't need to worry about it do you know what I mean it's fine like obviously with my ITV2 stuff I only maybe get to do a couple of takes because I can't have been in the studio forever do you know what I mean but 
I've done stuff that's well more terrifying, do you know what I mean? I'm only speaking, so I don't know why I get myself into a tizzy, but no, I'm just worried that I'll swear or something or say the wrong thing. I guess. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so somebody said the other day, um, talking about, I think it was a guy tweeted and he said something like, it's all well and good to everybody <clears> saying you'd go into Love Island and you would be all this and that. Uh, and it's exactly. like, I would wake up every morning like with a hangover, terrified I'd said something racist. Uh, exactly, <laughs> <It's> exactly. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is, you just need to be, obviously like when you're the presenter as well, you're the professional person in front of it. Yeah. So you, it's very much like, I remember a news presenter told me once, it's very much like if you imagine, like they're sitting on the desk, imagine a wee, a wee swan like on the on the on on a pond or in a lake or whatever, mm-hmm. um, its legs are doing like so much underneath, uh-huh. but on the top everything looks great, yes, so it so. is very much like inside you are terrified, but you probably never read it when you watch me, do you know what I mean? But right. inside you are, like I was terrified on Friday, I was literally terrified, I mean I sat in for Lorraine, it was just for rehearsals, by the way, just in case anybody was trying to find Kelly, it. For any, oh. uh, any non-showbiz, pure name drop already. For any no, um, non-showbiz peasants listening, that's what we're talking about. I got to sit in for her, which was an absolute honour. When um, ITV were moving studios and she yeah. was on holiday, and they needed somebody to kind of be her, so the uh-huh. team could get our studio and all that set up. So when I sat in for her, I was absolutely terrified. Like, well, in fact, I say that, but once I kind of was in the chair, I felt very much at home. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching it back, I think it comes across that I'm actually being quite cold. But it's not it's just because I'm concentrating yeah. so much. So it's hard. You can't. You're never going to get it right. Do you know what I mean? I, I suppose you're, you're probably in the back of your head. In the back of my head, anyway, I'd be thinking there's millions of people watching yes. this. I suppose if you just think you're talking to one person, yeah, it yeah, 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 eases that up. That's something I've learned through my time in showbiz. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know definitely. I definitely know because like we're sitting here doing this and now it doesn't feel like anybody will listen to this so it feels like natural and normal uh-huh. but I guess when you're in a TV studio though it doesn't feel like loads of people are watching it really doesn't feel like that it just feels like it's just you but I guess sometimes that makes you kind of feel worse because you're like oh wait a minute like Aye. what's actually happening is anybody watching me here would, what's going on I don't think I would ever I learned a harsh lesson early on I don't think I'd ever criticise anybody if they were a bit <clears throat> If they, they were to appear wooden or nervous or yeah. and that goes back to like I w- I've told this story before I was at the stand in 2012 so right. it's like 50 people or, or like uh, 100 people or something and I won a prize and I get called up to get so the guy called me up on the stage and I've I've got like eight beers on me oh I've swaggered God, up oh no the fear that gives uh, me but the fear. I felt all confident as soon as I got up and the lights were in my face and the heat it was like I felt as if I jumped off a boat into freezing water mm. and I couldn't catch my breath. It literally is like that. And and you, feel, like you start froze. sweating and all that. And you start to think as well, oh my God, am I flashing him? Like, you just, everything that you, you know is fine. Like, you're like, am I, I getting clothes on? Like, what the hell? Like, you just start to panic about everything. Is there something on my face? Is there something I, in my teeth? Like, I was at something, uh, something in Mark's filming and I kept turning around going, is there anything in my face? <laughs> just, I was like so nervous and I knew they were coming to speak to me and I was like, oh no, no, please go away. Just total nerves. My voice was all weird and all that. And then, but then after that, I was like, oh, that wasn't too I bad. Know. I think I could do that again so I suppose it is just over we experience you, things become easier um, so from Channel 4 you ended up you, was it the traineeship thing that you were doing <clears throat> so the scheme was called 4 Crew um, and basically it was like a wee mini 4 Crew so it was 4 of us there was a director and videoer videographer <laughs> um, there was a production manager who was kind of sorting out all our things and then we had a social media um, person, Shan, shout out to Shan because she got me set up on Instagram and all that um, but yeah, so there was four of us and basically at these events that I went to yeah. our job was to then go and make videos of all these events right. so like it was it was such a brilliant job like we went to Belfast and all that like Class. got to film up at Giants Causeway at the Peace Wall like it nice. was amazing like, honestly it's like, the, I think it's probably still the best job I've ever had but it was kind of ad hoc like just when the events were on mm-hmm. And I'd present the videos and stuff like that. So they all went online on Channel 4's like YouTube channels and all that. Still on their website and stuff like that. I think there's a playlist actually on my YouTube um, 
of like all the ones that we did and stuff. Um, so yeah, I did that, and that was for about a year and a half. I think it was only meant to be a year the scheme, but they extended us a wee bit. <clears throat> but of course, doing that, I'd kind of built up much more experience. And, and to be honest, I was still learning. I was, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like by any means a professional presenter at that point. I was still very much learning. But that was the point of the scheme, and it was like my first paid opportunity, and it was quite, it was quite good money for what we were doing. So. Um, that was with Channel 4 I, was just, I can't believe my first paid job is uh, with no, Channel that's 4 that's incredible like, and it was good and do you know what that those, that team were amazing I love 4 Talent I love that full team they really believed in me and, and gave me that opportunity and if it wasn't for them I genuinely wouldn't be doing this so like I always say if I ever ever was to like win an award I'd be like 4 Talent I love you <laughs> like literally you started and, it off and then anyway so when that scheme ended they actually just asked me back to host the pop-ups because right. they were like you've Literally been a delegate. You've been here. Uh-huh. You've done it all. Like, and um, yeah, they needed a new host at the time, so I went and started hosting it. So I still do that now, but our pop-ups um, are not start happening. I think till the end of the year or something. So I still do that with them now. So, and I've always said to them, look, see if I'm not, see if I'm um, ask me to do it because even if I'm not free, I'll make myself free because yeah. it's important to me mm-hmm. to like. Sounds pure charitable, but like not give back. But like, I remember on the day being so inspired. So I think if I can be. A part of that for someone else. Mm-hmm. No, I totally Stuff get that. Stuff that matters to me a lot. Sounds like <clears> quite obviously they'll be doing it mainly for let's not get ourselves mainly for their own benefit. But there is also a wee, sort of altruistic <clears> element to yeah. it in terms of giving that something back. Did that? Did you, when that finished? When that year was up? Yeah. You said did, they then asked you. Yeah, so they asked me back to host it. Back to host that, and then. But also when that was ending, I was I was so terrified. I was like, this is ending. This is mm-hmm. ending. Like, what's going to be next? Like, is this my, is that my chance over? Do you know what I mean? Alright, she out the toilets with the hairdryer one. You know what? <laughs> the hairdryer That's always something. That's alright, don't worry. Always, it's like a kind of wee trademark of this show it's that fine. there's always some background noise. We weren't talking about anything too serious here, so it's alright. Um, what was I saying? I, so basically, in that time, obviously, I'd built up my experience and I'd got in touch with my boss at ITN, who I just hammered basically for years. Like, mm-hmm. I want this job, I want this job. I'd known about my wee job that I do on FYI daily, so I'd known about that bulletin for ages. Because mm-hmm. when you're starting out as a presenter as well, you've got to try and look at places where they're actually as presenters on the telly because mm-hmm. it's quite hard to find young presenters on TV these days, Aye. do you know what I mean? So you kind of have to look for outlets where you could possibly present. So I knew about it anyway. Um, and I'd basically just kept hounding my boss, but I can he, like he, they weren't really looking for anyone else to can add to the team at that point. But after the Channel Four thing, I got a better showreel, sent it to him. And he was like, "Perfect timing," because I actually do need another freelancer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my god!" So went and screen tested for that, got the job, and then that kind of took off from there. So it yeah. was nice because I, I kind of finished one thing, not completely finished because I was still hosting with them, but I kind of then got a job actually on the telly, which was amazing. So then started doing that um, and yeah so then I, I do that now so I present that on ITV2 and I also get to do like celebrity interviews red yep. carpets all that sort of stuff with them as well so it's really exciting let's talk about oh, it. I, I, so I, ah. I just get a real buzz off I talked about the A-listers yeah. and all that so the FYI Daily for anybody who doesn't <clears> know it's the bulletin the showbiz bulletin on ITV2 yeah, everybody so, hates because it pops up during the film I know <laughs> during stuff I, sorry I like it when you come on oh, uh, one fan yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, what was the question I was going to ask? How, saying about how how coherent and fluid of me. I uh, sorry. So th- there's that, but I was going to say, and you brought up as well. You're then doing the red yeah. carpet. I mean, recently you were on the red carpet for the premiere of yesterday. Yes, yes. You met Danny Boyle. I know. You it was I mean, how how does that feel? Do you ever pinch yourself or, or have those moments where you're like, I've come from doing a, like a sort of traineeship to yeah. interviewing the real A-listers? 
I have had those moments, but probably not so much for Danny Boyle and stuff because I guess I'm just in work mode. But to be honest, that so that that premiere I was actually doing that for BBC Scotland, so I'm, I'm kind of doing a wee bits and bobs with them now, entertainment-wise. So in a way, it was nice because I knew that when he came over, and I'm like, maybe he's Scotland, he'd love it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. a train spot and all that, and I think. When you're Scottish, I don't know, people just seem to like you more. I don't know what it is. It's maybe just a bit of a charm, do you know what I mean? Because they know we're nice people. Aye, we're quite sound. <laughs> aye, we are. And he's kind of like, what is his... I know he's from Manchester, but does he define himself as like an honorary Scot? I think he is. I mean, if he doesn't, he I, should. I feel like he's family. I don't know. Mm. I, I, probably I think he thinks he's Scottish as well. I thought he was Scottish aye, as well. Because, I mean, directing train spotting. Um, he basically is Scottish. He, he can be Scottish if he wants. He's sound. Aye, aye, he's, he's one of us. I always say Manchester up. Aye, exactly. Aye. I know. Um, aye, so I guess when I'm, I'm kind of interviewing them, I'm just kind of in work mode, and I'm more nervous. Not because I'm meeting them. I'm just more nervous that I don't want to fuck up the interview. I just yeah. want to make sure that I do a good job. Mm-hmm. I don't really get starstruck, but I met Davina. <laughs> She is like my idol. She's like obviously because of that psychic thing, and yeah. I've always kind of had that connection with her. I mean, but she, I mean she's royalty. Of I know TV exactly. But there's a lot of parallels in her kind of life and stuff. Like, um, and when I read a book, I'm just like, oh my god! Like, I'm literally. I think everyone kind of relates to her because we're all kind of similar to yeah. her. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. she's just so normal. Yeah. And I think she's just so brave. Honestly, I could go on about her all night. Um, but I met her at ITV when I was working in the green room at Good Morning Britain, um, kind of behind the scenes, and it was my first shift doing that shift. And I looked absolutely horrendous. I don't want to get into it, but I had a really difficult time. Something really bad had just happened the night before. Right. And I didn't even know if I was going to go to work. But anyway, I went to work because obviously I had to get up at like stupid hours in the morning. Mm-hmm. Went to work looking like Alan Carr, glasses on, hair up, scraped back, looking like <laughs> an absolute dog. And literally got in and they're like, guess who's in today? And I was like, who? And they're like, Davina. And I was like, oh my God, this is meant to be. This is a sign. This is it. Because I was going through a hard time and I remember just saying like, you know, God, universe, whatever please just give me a sign that everything's going to be alright and I got, I got several but that I was like oh my god this is a sign and literally I went down to get her and I was shaking like I was shaking but she kind of had her team around her so they were kind of faffing trying to get her settled for the interview and talking to her but I managed to just butt in and I was like by the way I love you like I actually just love you I, like, I didn't care if I get sacked like I just love you and then at the end like one of the producers was like can Jodie get a picture a pure lassie like standing there and she took my phone off me and she took the picture and she touched my hand and I swear to god I actually I felt like it was angelic I was like no oh my god I've not watched it since like, honestly and I was just like oh my god and then I think I tweeted her or I put an Instagram thing up and she and she liked it, and I swear to God, I think she replied saying something nice. I can't even remember what it was, but I was bouncing around the room. And then I seen her again at another show that I went to go and watch her do. And she kind of just kind—I don't know if she recognised it was me or whatever—but then I like I put other things up, like I try not to be a stalker because she probably thinks I'm an absolute nutter. But like I was in Barbados and I put I had her book, which I'm still not finished. I know my boyfriend will laugh at this. I've not finished the book because I don't want it to end. Do you know that way? It's <laughs> like a film you don't want to end or a series you don't want to get to the end. Too. I've, I've patched a couple of series. So I just don't want them to end. So exactly. Because and I just keep reading the career bit over and over and over again. But she um, and I, I kind of put a photo up saying I'll read this by the pool and then she liked it and I was like again bouncing around the walls but I so I wouldn't get starstruck like if I was interviewing somebody like Harry Styles or whatever who I haven't as yet but like interviewed while I am and stuff like that I don't get starstruck but I get nervous because I just want to do a good job give a good account yeah. of yourself Aye. I just want to do well but if it's like Davina and then when I met Lorraine I've met obviously met Lorraine um, a few times because I used to work on her show but I was shiting myself to go in and hand her like coffee and all that because obviously it's those people that I look up to do you uh-huh. know what I mean so was she, was she sound was very she nice absolutely lovely exactly the way you see her on telly Aye. totally normal lovely lovely women mm. amazing and um, as I say like when I, when I covered for her I wasn't allowed to put anything out because the new set hadn't been revealed mm-hmm. so as soon as I did 
I put it out. She like replied saying, "Looking good, thank you so much." I was like, "Oh my god, Lorraine's just <laughs> tweeted Lorraine. me!" Like, oh my god. I feel god. like she's just always been there. Like, for hours. Yeah. Like, what? It's five, a legend. I feel like five or six. She's just always been Definitely. on telly. And she's, you know, she's the probably the biggest Scottish presenter there's probably ever been. Right? I, 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 would, so. I mean, I can't think of anybody bigger, bigger than her. I know. So she's a legend. So I'm more nervous meeting folk like that. I met Dermot Alini actually as well, and I was not as nervous she, to meet him. Is he totally? No, actually, no, he's not totally, but I guess uh, he's probably not as tall in real life. He, he gives the best cuddles. Big. I know does everybody it? says that when you see him, he gives the best cuddles, and he doesn't shut up. He can, I couldn't get rid of him. He's like like nice he such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. Aye, so I, I get more nervous meeting people that I look up to. Yeah. Then, like, I, honestly, if I had to interview Davina, I don't think I'd get through it because it I'd be crying, like, because I just love her that much. Like, literally. See, I, I get what you mean by that because I. Stuff I can't, like, can't really mention at this point because I'm no out. Um, and I'll get in trouble but that's mm, people, that, uh, people I've spoken to, no like stuff I've been working on yeah. for other networks and I'm not allowed to really talk about it but really famous and typically you would expect me to be starstruck and I was like ah oh, no this is cool but yeah. anytime I've met anybody that's been involved in still game like I met Michael Hines oh god I'd be the same like, Michael mm-hmm. Hines was like, he was like hi I'm Michael and I was like mate I know exactly who you are, same way, like meeting Greg Kempel or anybody else, yeah. Gavin Mitchell. It's kind of just this weird, like, I feel like just a pure wee guy. Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, um, I know what you mean. But people who you would describe as being mega famous, aye, quote unquote, more famous, I'm like, ah, like Kim Kardashian or something. That wouldn't bother me, but interviewing Davina, I think I'd have a meltdown. My, my, talking about Harry Styles, my auntie Shell works for British Airways and oh, right. she works in first class and she had Harry Styles on a flight recently. Oh she was, I actually was with her yesterday and she's like, I told you I had uh, Harry Styles and Hugh Grant on the same flight. Oh my god, me? what a dream! So I was like, I went, no, and she's like, I did, and I was like, no, you never. And she's He's like, a short hub job. <laughs> I know, and she says, I sat chatting to him and I gave him, he, he came, she said she was standing in the galley and he's came up looking for a phone charger and she's like I'll give you a phone charger if you sign this thing for my daughter like, having a wee joke she's like they were chatting away and I was like you did not tell me this and she went I did I whatsapped you I went into my phone and typed in and then whatsapp you can search okay, a keyword so I searched Harry Styles Four o'clock in the morning, like last Sunday, oh. I was like, obviously I can't <laughs> I remember. Obviously like, I don't remember that conversation. I, re- I read it back though. We did have like a <clears throat> full conversation about it. And oh I was like, God. why would you expect I would remember that? She said Hugh Grant was a bit. He was nice, but you could tell he was acting nice. Well, oh, right, whereas okay. she said Harry Styles was very. I've not met either of them actually. I've not met either of them. I'd, I'd love like, to interview both, but uh, um, I'd I've like not to meet pals with Harry Styles. I know. Boy Niall, I think you just get a good night. Uh, yeah, I think. I think all the one. I don't. I don't. I've never interviewed them, but I think all the One Direction boys are quite nice to interview because uh, they've obviously come from humble beginnings as well. Uh, but um, I interviewed Will I Am and Jennifer Hudson from The Voice and I was a wee bit nervous about them because they're mega stars what do you was, know what I mean but they were sound like? so sound just brand new such a nice guy because he was talking to the reporter before me about gigs in Glasgow and he was saying like how amazing Glasgow was no so I was like right get we in didn't. lucky so as soon as he came over we just spoke about that and we ended up like because I obviously prepare all my questions and stuff so I kind of mm. I kind of memorise them almost which is good because from my acting days I used to remember big scripts and stuff so I'm quite good at remembering stuff but obviously as you know a conversation's going to go the way uh-huh. it goes so we ended up just like having a heart to heart basically <laughs> and it was like it was so nice hugging like, each other I, tears I, in the eyes we did we actually cuddled you, after it aye and it ended up just such a nice chat and I like obviously interviewed Sir Tom Jones and was nervous about that and all of that but I, I expected them, if anything, they might be kind of quite D-Day because, you know, they probably mm-hmm. have a right to be like that. Aye. But they weren't at all, like, so, so nice. Just and nice. Just had a nice, a nice heart-to-heart, basically. Is your mattress making 
Noises it never used to? Or is it sagging, causing you to... Then it's time to get a new one. Get the best sleep at the best value with a Nectar mattress. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com. <laughs> With do you, this kind of popped into my head when we were talking about Lorraine, and she's very unmistakably Scottish. Yeah. And she's maintained her accent, and she actually sounds she sounds like a woman in a cafe. Yeah. And I don't mean yeah. that in a sort of disrespectful, disparaging way. I mean it in a very positive way. But I still feel as if there's a wee bit of bias or snobbery towards yeah, yeah. regional accents. Totally. How have you encountered that? <clears throat> I think I've been really lucky, if I'm honest, because... <laughs> They've just not said it yet. <laughs> probably not. But um, with Channel 4 and stuff, they're all about promoting diversity and they, they love kind of the weird and wonderful people, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean, from all walks of life. So they were kind of like, don't apologise for your accent, like, be who you are. We love... We, they love people that are authentically themselves yeah. and anybody that's ever going for a job there, just be yourself because that's, that's what they love. They can kind of smell a fake person from so a mile off. Don't, if, if anybody's listening and you're going to go to one of these Channel 4 things, don't go dressed up as dead. I exactly just go and be whoever you are and celebrate who you are but um so I guess I kind of had it in my head but when I first very first started presenting like when I was kind of just doing the things going to shouldn't touch and all that I spoke so posh like I would say I instead of I and I, I genuinely can't watch things like that so I I think when I first started presenting, because I've got an acting background, I think I was acting like a presenter, or yeah. what I thought I should be like. And it's taken, still, I'm still learning now, but it's taken kind of time to take those layers off and just be you. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest advice I could give to anybody that wants to do it. Don't try and be a presenter. Just be yourself. There obviously is a wee bit of, you know, pizzazz when you're going in camera yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. But the best presenters that are the most well-loved, like Hatton Deck and people like that, are just themselves they're exactly uh, the way they are do you know I what I mean people probably look at that mm. and, and will immediately relate to it and just appreciate it yeah. like this is just a guy who's kind of like me or a, or a girl obviously yeah. one thing I kind of wanted to touch on you spoke about being yourself as well uh, and it's a subject that I'll kind of be going into with somebody else a slight expert is body image yes uh, for young <clears throat> women and young people mm-hmm. now there must be a lot of pressure to constantly be looking great Definitely, a hundred percent. And I think, I think with things with TV as well, I try and kind of post stuff on my Instagram. Like this is the glamour you don't see. Literally getting changed in the back of a van. Do you <laughs> know what I mean, like literally, or like for like um, when I'm presenting FYI Daily, I do all my own makeup and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I literally go into work with like a smart arse and then turn myself around like before I go on camera. But there is, and do you know what? Probably summertime last year, I had a pure mm-hmm. breakdown with all because I was just like, I actually can't cope with Instagram anymore. Every right. time I'm put, I'm putting my feet on. I'm then feeling negative and I'm comparing yep. myself and mm-hmm. I had to, it took me a while but I had to really snap out of it and tell myself this is all nonsense, none of this is real life, Aye, do you know what I mean? Why Exactly, why am I comparing my life and I started thinking, oh I've not got that many followers follow me by the way, actually present plug plug oh shit, I just kicked oh. that table as well um, like I started thinking oh I've not got as many followers as maybe so and so or whatever, so maybe I'm not as good, do you know what I mean? I just yep. think uh-huh. your value does not like it doesn't depend on how many followers you've got. It do you know what I mean? It doesn't depend on how many times somebody clicks exactly, on a wee button in the screen. Exactly, exactly. And I just think back to the days like when Davina and all them were sitting there, that mattered. Right. And, I, and to be honest, I've never encountered it where it's like, you've, I've not got a job because I've not got many followers. I've not yeah. had that yet, touch wood. But, you know, maybe people aren't even considering me for things because you're not a big kind of social uh-huh. star. I don't really know. I don't know how it's, that works. But 
like I, I definitely feel it as well. I feel sort of. You've got hundreds of followers, but you don't know it. I know, but you know what I mean is like if I have a, wee, a scroll through Instagram, like what you're yeah. seeing is let's say fifty people are putting up their one best picture, yeah. and you're comparing that fifty as if that's one <clears> person, and you're look because so you're looking at and you're like, oh, I've not got that watch, I've not got that car, I'm not in yeah, the Maldives yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a person's highlight reel, and we're all susceptible to it. I mean, don't Absolutely. get me wrong, it's. As much as we know it's a lot of push, you yeah. still can't help but be able mm-hmm. I kind of try and catch myself. And if I feel that way, I'm like, right, I'm just not going to scroll. And I'm not going to be, like, sort of facetious about it. Did I? Like, it's a great word, by the way, facetious. I love that word. I know. And, 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 and be like, as if I probably fucking add to that problem for Same, other people. and I know I do as well. That's what I was just going to say. I feel like a fraud because literally I'm posting photos when I look all glam and on the red carpet and I literally look like Alan Carr sitting in my house. <coughs> Nothing against Alan Carr, by the way. It's just I do actually look like him and I've got glasses on. But I'm literally like there with no tan on. You know, my eyes are looking so black. But I'm like, there's certain people that can like post things when they look like shit and still be amazing. I'm mm-hmm. not one of those people. Do you know what I mean? When, when I look like shit, I, I genuinely look like shit. I'm sitting, you know here, I'm sitting here on the track here looking like a wee guy. <laughs> Fine. I, no, fine. I, need, I need a, I need a sleep and a good dinner and maybe a gym session. But um, <laughs> no, I, I can add to it as well. But I feel like for for women especially, the pressure is is mega on. Totally. Um, and like I've kind of we like to be honest, my weight is ridiculous. Like because I am just my own worst enemy. I would love to be like like I love Davina for that reason as well because of fitness and all that. I'd love mm-hmm. to have a six pack. I'd love to be like this pure healthy woman. But I just, I, like, I know people say, oh, you make excuses. I don't have time. I don't know how to cut sugar in my life. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm not that savvy in the kitchen. No. I don't know how to do all that stuff. I don't even think you need to cut sugar <clears throat> out. It's just calories. Yeah. It's noggin' over a certain calorie. So I try and stress to people. Like, people are like, oh, I'm going to cut out fucking, I don't know, Biscuits. carbs or <laughs> carbs or sugar. And it's like, no, it's like, it's, that isn't, it's just an over, uh, an excessive consumption of calories. I'm just a fat bastard, to be honest. I, You're not, I, by no, the way. No, 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 I don't mean, I don't mean as in, <clears throat> like, looking, if you but. <clears throat> Aye, so I, I, I'll, I'll eat everything, oh, like so eat everything, like <clears throat> So I don't, I like, I, I can't. I'm, I'm almost nightmare. I'll be like going to the gym, doing well, and then I'll go and have a pizza and a chocolate cake. You know what I mean? mm. So it's my own fault, but Is I would she... love to be regimented at Aye. some point and be that she... woman that's got a six pack. You know what? Then again, <clears throat> no, if you want a pizza or, or whatever. Like have it, like life. No, but is... no five nights a week. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Terrible. Like once I get into that, like uh, being home, I've been having rolls and sausage every morning. I've been having takeaways. I've just been eating absolute rubbish. So I do. I, I kind of dip in and out of it, like a kind of normal person. Probably I think does, I, you know what I mean? we all do. And then <clears> what we do is, what we see, you've got this sort of norm. We're all fucking doing the same thing. I've I never know. met a person who's like, I don't do that. I know. But what you then do is you look up. Let's say <clears> I'll, I'll use me as an example. Say I'm I'm on the beach. Barcelona, I know, and I've had I've had five weeks of being pure, perfect. <coughs> then I'm like, oh, that's a good photo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then I had like five, six, seven days of booze and pizzas and going out for dinner and ice creams, and I'm not looking so great at the end. Of it. I don't put the picture up Aye, at the exactly. end. Exactly. And I mean, that, that's human nature. That's, that's what I do as well. I'm like, right, okay, I'm going to be skinny for the first couple of days, and then that's it. I can't put anything else up. So get the photos now. And then, like when we went to Barbados, I put on a stone. Because I just was drinking all the rum, all Quite like right. all the full fat coke, all the all the mac and cheese, all the rice and peas, everything. So like, for the, like actually in my phone and other people's phone that's got photos of me from that holiday, I'm two different people because right. I look so much fatter. <laughs> but um, wow, you lived life well; it's to be enjoyed. And I think that's the thing. And I think. I've definitely like I've got a belly. I know you probably don't really notice it, but I, I do actually have a belly. And like some people will see me like where we cropped up on, and I've like at the top half's fine. But I've I've got a belly, and I've fought with it for years trying to get rid of it and all of that. But 
see at the end of the day you need to be happy exactly. and see if you're being miserable by eating fucking celery sticks every day like it's not for me it's not even about being skinny I don't want to be skinny I want to be mm-hmm. healthy do you know what I mean yeah. I want to be a picture of health because with what I do if I phone in sick I'm not getting paid do you know mm-hmm. what I mean so I need to kind of look after myself so like you know what it's like when you've been eating shite and you've been drinking a lot you feel terrible and you can't think straight I yeah. hate that so I want, I'd love to be this kind of healthy person that kind of dips in and out of eating junk every now and then but there's a guy a, a guy I know his name's Andy Graydon and he's got an Instagram account AG Fitness Training I think it right. is um, and he is very much kind of preaches that in, yeah. in a very positive <clears throat> way of you know don't make yourself miserable through the pursuit yeah. of a, what is an unattainable body image and like totally and you're kind of stressed like you know eat the foods that you want to enjoy exercise have healthy food as well the, the definition of success and happiness isn't being a size 4 if you're a lassie or, or being this big ripped or whatever yeah. guy you know it's, it's being healthy and it's being happy and it's balance as well I, I, as you say there's nobody, there's not going to be anybody who's going to be happy or fulfilled or content when you're having just chicken salads Aye, every exactly. day and kind of depriving yourself and then what happens as well is you go three weeks with having nothing and you're craving it, craving it, craving it, and then you just binge you on mental. it. For, I know, that's what weeks. I do. I kind of good during the weekend, and the weekend right. it's like, right, we're going for a curry. Aye, aye. <laughs> Moderation and balance, I suppose. Who do you have, like? Who has been? I can't, you can't really name anybody if I say who's been a total arsehole. Oh, I know, because I pure get the feed of it. Well, now. who's somebody that will never hear it that you <clears> could think of? Nobody really, nobody. I'm like the people that I've interviewed. No, right. I'll be, I'll be honest. I've not had an arsehole. I've not had anybody that's been horrendous. Uh-huh. I've not had anybody that's been rude to me or difficult or anything like that. I'm trying to think of it. Is there anybody that's been hard to interview? I don't think so, really. Do you know the people? It's the people that come back with like one more dancers and that are really nervous. So it never tends to be a celebrity because they kind of know what they're doing. Aye. It's the people that come back that are really shy and. You know, there's Billy Big Boss before they do the interview, and then they do the interview, and they can't talk. Like, I'm sure you've experienced that as yeah. well. That's the hardest ones because you're like, oh shit, it's back to me. What was my next question again? Uh, I'm trying know, to remember aye. what I'm asking you. Um, so I've not, I've been lucky. I've not had anyone difficult. I've not had anyone difficult so far. But I think as well, and I think it's hard for folk because do you know what? I could, I, I would try never to be like that at all. But some folk might just be having a really bad day. Their cat might have just died. Do you know what I mean? The wee boy might have, you know, spewed all over the carpet. Something could have happened. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I think, unless you meet them a few times, you can't really judge it. If they're like that every time, then fair enough, they're just not yeah, nice. Aye. But I think I could have a bad day one day, and people might just think, "Oh, she's not very nice." Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, I think you kind of just need to judge it by if you meet them a few times, then that's you know. A, that's a good wee lesson. <clears throat> I've never really considered that way. Yeah. Because I get really bothered when I perceive people as being rude. It yeah. just sticks in my mind. <laughs> you tweet but, about them. <laughs> I know, slaughter them. Um, no, that's like, do you know what? I'm going to take that lesson with me. Oh, good. If, uh, You've taught you something, know, you can I'll, take I, it, share it on, pass <laughs> it on, passing on my wisdom. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wait until I've met somebody four times, and then if they're an arsehole, they're an arsehole. Exactly, then you can write, write them off. Uh, Grant, if you're listening, Jodie's interviewed Zach Efron. Oh, ah, does she love him? Yeah, does she love I, him? I, oh, <laughs> he's just as handsome in real life, I'm happy to report. He's very, very handsome. Was and do you friendly? know what? I, he's a lovely, lovely boy. So, mm-hmm. so nice. So that premiere was actually a nightmare. I think they had just come off the back of Graham Norton or something. They they were all over the place. They just got off flights and all that uh-huh. as well. So I felt sorry for them actually. They were all over the shop because when you watch them back in a few of the interviews, it's just kind of like they're jet lagged. So I felt really sorry for them. They get rushed into this premiere. 
fans are I've never seen anything like it with fans the fans were like screaming for him like screaming was it like when I walked in here earlier oh my god shut up um, no <laughs> <laughs> no but um, and obviously Lily James was there as well who's another big star as well ah, so. she's I saw her in there uh, yesterday actually yeah, yeah. No, no that's so funny Lily James I'm getting mixed up Lily, Lily, Col- Lily Collins. Collins Lily Collins was in that one right. um, Lily James was in the other one um, so then obviously she's massive as well so people were screaming for her but mm-hmm. Zach was lovely and it was it was a bit unfortunate because basically at red carpets if you're working for a kind of good organisation, you'll get kind of put up to the top of the carpet. Right, so okay. you're always kind of guaranteed at least a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. But you can have five questions and you're only going to get two, do you know what I mean, depending on the time, because it's yeah. always a pure manic rush. You just need to be on the ball. So what had actually happened with them is we got grouped. A few of us get grouped, and I hate that, because that's basically when you're all just putting the mics out and you just need to kind of go for it. Yeah, yeah. So you get like one question each, which was rubbish, because I had loads, and I loved that film as well. I could talk about that film all night. So mm-hmm. I had loads of good questions for them. So basically it got to the point where I only could ask one So, and the person before me had just asked Lily a question so of course I'm going to ask Zach because, yeah. you know, to balance it out so I kind of just asked him how did you prepare for the role because that was, the, obviously he's playing Ted Bundy like how do you prepare for that kind of mm. thing which is a kind of bog standard question but he answered it really well and then at the end I kind of just thought, you know what, I'm going to throw another one in like we've been standing here waiting on them all night I'm yeah. going to throw another question in and I asked the question, um, what was it I said to him? I said, oh, like, what how, What was it after filming? Like, how did you kind of shake the day off after a day of filming being a murderer? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, and he answered it, and his PR was shouting on him and pulling him. Like, if you watch it, you'll see her in the background, uh-huh. like, I think I away. remember that, because I think <clears throat> when, they, when you asked about preparing for the role, I think I remember watching it and being fascinated by his answer, because he said it was important to give a representation and not just, like, yeah. a, an impersonation. <clears throat> exactly. Which I thought was actually... It was, and it was a really good answer, but... Because I asked the second one and his PR was pulling it, he actually stopped and came over to me, but he was like, I can't hear you. And I was like, oh God, please don't say it's the accent. But he just couldn't, he couldn't, it was mental. Like everybody's mm-hmm. screaming, his PR's going, Zach, Zach, Zach. So he genuinely couldn't hear me. So if you're wee grand listening, he came right up close to me and put his ear right up my lips. So that was like, like literally, like, literally. Um, and I, and I kind of said it in his ear and he answered it and that was nice do you know what I mean and so I thought that was really nice of him doing that uh-huh. Like, and he went right over to the fans like was going to see them he was a really really nice boy Fair really nice play, boy Zach, on yourself, and it, son. It, it just is handsome in real life <laughs> uh, you're recently you, who was it David Farrell was off yes yes, tell yes, us about yes. the BBC work yeah, so I did the yesterday red carpet for them because obviously I'm down in London doing entertainment stuff so I've kind of said to them if there's anything big going on I'm happy to kind of mm-hmm. go and report that for you so did that that seemed to go well they seemed to like me and then they kind of asked me if I would ad hoc kind of cover David so David was having a day off finally um, and I got to cover him on the 9 on the news show on BBC Scotland channel so I actually got to do that so I was live on there kind of doing Ents News and it was my first time on the channel so I was really nervous because obviously it was live and you know it was kind of just like a baptism of fire just kind of thrown in but do you know what can I just say everybody was so nice the team were so nice I don't know if it's because I'm used to London but coming up everybody was just so lovely and I don't know why I was surprised by it because I should have expected that but everyone was so nice and I think because of that it made it kind of calm for me and then I also got to do some interviews for them for BBC The Edit which is their entertainment show with Dylan John Thomas and Chris Forbes Dylan was on this as yeah. well yeah so I got to do that so that's on that'll be on iPlayer at the moment if anybody's wanting to have a wee swatch at it um, it's called The Edit so I did I did that for them as well so yeah just I got my BBC pass today did my induction oh, so yeah table. exactly so I'm just kind of freelancing as I say um, I'm happy kind of doing what I'm doing down in London um, for them as well and then freelancing kind of mm-hmm. if I need to come up and that's the kind of thing I've been wanting to do work up here because I miss home I miss my family you know I miss my friends and I miss that kind of social aspect of life as well so 
because when you're in London, you're just like, what, 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 can yeah. I just, I kind of get into a rut, but I just like, I feel like people get mum guilt when they leave their way in the house. I get work guilt if I'm not working because I'm freelance. <laughs> so I yeah. think I have a three days off this week. I need to be working. I, I can't be going out and getting drunk. Do you know what I mean? Stuff, right. So, um, you need to strike that balance. So, you know, I know it's you need hard. That time off. But I get that. Obviously, as well as when you enjoy your work. Yeah. You cannot, there's going to be that inclination to be going back right, and to be exactly. there. Do you ever get frustrated mm. with Londoners being down there? Oh my god, that, I have a barley on the tube most so days. So do I. See the last honestly. time I was in London, I'm down on Thursday, and uh, the last time I was there, I ended up, I, I don't want to say arguing as if I created an argument, but. <laughs> Oh, I, pu- I pulled up a ticket guy because I was I can't remember what I was trying to get I was like mate uh, if I have to get to blah 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 and he just looked straight through me seriously I, and then I just was like mate this is your job I know I was like I'm at, and he went <sighs> and I was like is it actually that, that much a, a hassle for you to talk to me clown probably he probably didn't know what you were saying to be fair. <laughs> I know, I, no I've, I've perfected that oh well, have you that, I, I mean five years in Barcelona I'm very oh, good true. at speaking the English and the posh accent I know you need to and you have to and Like, it's, do you know what's annoying is Ellen and my boyfriend gets really annoyed with us when you ask for chilli like you know chilli's as in what you'd put in your curry or whatever. you don't know what it is so he, you have to be like chilli oh, like, I don't know I think oh, they just yeah. say it weird so they're like what do you mean what's chilli like and you're like oh my god like there's certain things that you just need to put the voice on because otherwise you're going to just have a heart attack or a stroke it's, or something it's a shame stress. For, it's a shame for such a massive city that are just not very all friendly I don't know, know a lot people of friendly put it down, like people, people do put it down but do you know what it's not that bad it's mm. not as bad as people make out I'm really sensitive to rudeness that's why no I know and I think uh, maybe it's just because I block it out but literally I'm all calm and all nice and like when somebody talks to me up here I'm like oh, oh chatting but down there like literally somebody talks to me I'm like oh my god who is this psychopath like literally because it's not like that do you Aye. know what I mean but don't get me wrong it's not as bad as what people make out I have had my fair share of barneys on the tube where you kind of go on the centre line and folk are women actually push me off with Bum, which actually bummed me oh, off the train. Oh no, no, and no! She was no. an American tourist I'd, as well, and I'd I was just like, her by her collar and hun, she like, with me. I've waited for three trains, and you're trying to bum me off. Like, I'm not saying I'm pure skinny or anything, but you know, I'm five foot nothing. I'm a size eight. I'm not really going to take up that mm. much space. I didn't have loads of stuff with me. A tiny wee bag. Like, just let me squeeze on. I look like a Wayne. Do you know what I mean? Like, just let me on. <laughs> and that's the thing people always say as well. Like, everybody when they meet me, they're always like, "Oh my god, I thought you were so much taller." I am tiny just to put it out there why do people think you're really tall I think it's just the way things are filmed because it mm. just makes me look taller I don't know I think it's just the way that they film it it always looks taller I don't know I don't think I look tall but people always say that and I'm like I mean they make me they're like oh my god you're so small I'm like oh no pocket rocket see for anybody that's that's listened and they've thought this is up my street you know I, 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 can, I would love to get into this <laughs> you mentioned the channel four, the four talent thing what other opportunities or avenues are there for people to start to pursue that line of work? Right. I'm so glad you asked me this because I get so many DMs and I just want to say it now. See if you've ever DM'd me and I've not replied. I am so, so sorry. I read my DMs and reply in my head and forget. I did and that then they well. disappear. Can I take this opportunity to also make that same apology? <laughs> oh my God, we're terrible at this. See, actually today I'm going to go through them <clears> and reply. I don't mean it's but not I think they disappear rude, though, that's the thing, because I went to do that one oh, day. On Insta they do. Aye, they disappear. Aye, on Insta they do. If I've not replied to you on Insta <clears> or email or Twitter because um, and this isn't like a sort of mad humble brag there's fucking hunters no I can imagine I look at them I'm just like I'll, I'll reply to that later Definitely. and you forget I know, so we're not being divas when we don't reply. Please just keep chasing me, keep messaging me again, keep uh, messaging me, and same. I'll definitely get back to you. Same. Um, but I'm glad you asked me this because I do get asked this quite a lot. So for anyone that wants to be a presenter, first of all, think about if it's 100% what, what you want to do because it's not easy. I'm not going to put anybody off because, you know, it's a great job if you mm-hmm. can get into it, but 
it's not easy. So really think about why you want to be a presenter. Don't just do it because you want to be famous. Because yeah. if you just want to be famous, that's fine. But but go on Love Island or go on a reality show. Do you know what I mean? Don't be a presenter because it's hard graft. It's yeah. really hard work. Um, so yeah. So what I would say is the opportunities aren't going to find you. You need to go out and find the opportunities. Create your own opportunities. Exactly what you're doing, doing right. Sean, like your own podcast and all that. Right. Like. Nobody's going to offer you a seat at the table. You have to go and demand it. Exactly. I would also, well, I mean, I'm not in a place to be giving major advice, but the one thing I would say is just go out and do it because it's one thing to talk about it, but mm-hmm. if you go out and do it, and by, by, like I listen back to sometimes in my first, second episode and I cringe because oh, I'm like, oh, Christ almighty, and I thought it was all right at the time. But, but you're going to keep getting better by doing it. Do that's you know it. I mean? It's just through that repetition and just keep doing it. But obviously, like, you're not going to get handed a job straight away. So, from the very, very scratch, if it's TV presenting that you want to do, or whether it's radio, whatever, what I would say is, is you need to get a showreel. So, you need to get experience of you on camera. It doesn't have to be filmed on a big fancy camera. I can't mm-hmm. stress that enough. Everything on your phone. You can get with iRig mics for your phone yeah. and all that now. Film it on your phone. Think about what kind of presenter you want to be. Is it sport? Is that what you want to specialise in? If you've got any expertise in anything, that's even better as well. Is it kind of beauty? Like, where do you want to go with it? And then from there, get out and start start filming stuff. Um, you know, you can interview people, like sort of up-and-coming folk, anybody, like whatever it is that you're, you're wanting to do, interview someone within that industry. Um, most people will be nice and say to you that they'll do it, like, you'd honestly. Be you'd, you'd be surprised. One thing I've learned is, is people enjoy, and it's human nature, people enjoy speaking about themselves. If you show an interest in somebody... They, they'll be flattered by it I know and I'm, I'm, I'm so humbled to like even be asked on this this is my first time being a guest on a podcast and I feel pure, <laughs> feel pure special and pure love for it so it's good but um, yeah do that start start building up um, your content start getting stuff of you on camera and then make a showreel if you don't know what a showreel is um, there's one there's a link in my bio to mine on my Twitter and my Instagram which represents getting that back in there um, we'll, we'll, we'll round up on you uh, exactly 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 um, so if, you, if you've not um, if you've not got one go and watch that or even just type in like TV presenter showreel into YouTube and you'll see but just make sure it's you being at your absolute best don't worry about the interviewees questions whoever you're interviewing it's not really about them because your showreel is kind of about you so that producers can actually see you in that role because if you start emailing everybody saying oh I want to be a presenter and they go right let's see your showreel and you don't have one they're not going to take you seriously so you need to get that once you've got that I would say there's sites like Star Now and stuff that I use I still kind of use it every now and then I still kind of dabble in it there's paid and unpaid jobs on there and to be honest I don't really like promoting anything where you have to do stuff for free I don't like that because I think internships that are lasting for three months should absolutely be paid and oh, stuff like that 100%. like I hate all that sort of stuff but that obviously things like work experience it's maybe only a week or whatever stuff like that apply to as much work experience as you can but also on Star now there's a lot of unpaid presenting jobs and like students like email all the universities they're always looking for presenters to fill in and do it you're actually in a studio properly doing it yeah. so although it's kind of maybe not to the level of you know something like this morning or whatever like you're basically doing the same job do you know what I mean just on a smaller level so get into them they're always looking for presenters for their projects and stuff like that and then once you've kind of got some experience and you've built yourself to a kind of level that's where you can start applying for paid jobs and to be honest they're few and far between you need to go out there and find them it's as simple as that and I'd say, like, what you're doing, if it's radio that you want to get into, start, set up a podcast, podcast on them, like, because considering, like, this podcast with you, it's took you so far, do you know what I mean, I know, like, it's, already? it's mental. Uh, oh, I can't even say. Did I tell um, you about the... Oh, how can I say this without it coming away. up? Um, 
the ad, the radio ad. Did I tell you about that? No, no. I'll tell you off there. Right, Can't okay. see it until twenty. All right, okay, right, fine. But fine, I, fine, the, fine. the doors that's opened is mental, and it's all stuff that's gonna come at me. I've not really went hunting for stuff I know. yet. And the fact that, like, what you were saying, off your ass, you've actually went and done it. Like, right. it's, it's all good talking about it, even if it's a YouTube channel. I, I mean, I'm not really into the whole sort of you know YouTubers and when they're kind of saying, "Hi guys, I'm doing a haul today." I'm not really into all that. I mean, I try to do it, and I was so shy at it. <laughs> but um, I mean, do that if you want, but like to kind of get some experience. But even if you're just putting stuff on your YouTube, if you want to be a presenter, make sure you're putting stuff out where you're actually presenting, mm-hmm. not just talking to camera, talking about your dog, do you know what I mean? Like, make sure you're actually presenting something. So, if it's a piece to camera, when you're walking down the street, say you're going to an interview, say it was, you know, someone like Dylan John Thomas or something, yeah. do a wee piece to camera talking about him, you know, he's 22 from Glasgow, this is his guy, King Tats, blah, blah, and I'm meeting up with him today. Just do wee stuff like that, so you're actually presenting, if you know what I mean, and not yeah, just uh-huh. standing to camera talking a lot of nonsense about okay, yourself. Um, and yeah, just, just get yourself out there. Um, get a showreel get a very strong showreel that's what you need to do because that basically your showreel is your CV you don't yeah. really need a CV as a presenter like you might I mean you might every now and then but literally your, your showreel is your you CV that you send to folk and as I said it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be long either like two minutes is probably well enough for a, for a showreel but just make sure it's your best work and if you are listening to this and you've got a showreel and you want some advice on it send it to me because I'm more than happy to tell you that's absolutely terrible start again <laughs> I, think yeah. I was going to say if it's shocking then we'll get a great laugh at it I know <laughs> no, not at all but yeah um, that would be my advice and if, if it is like things like um, radio that you want to do get into local radio they're always looking for people in hospital radios mm-hmm. and all that and the same, same thing applies get a demo reel of that together do yeah. you know what I mean Bower Academy do a lot of stuff up here um, I've been seeing something about the Bower Academy yeah, Bower are the people that own Clyde 1 and Clyde 2 by the way yeah, in case you don't know they've got an amazing thing I did some work with them actually and they um, they do like courses and stuff like that and right. train you up mm-hmm. so they're good obviously for talent get following them on Twitter because they do opportunities not not just in front of the camera they don't, to be honest they don't they do more behind the scenes stuff that presenting role I think there's like one role <laughs> do you know what I mean every right. year so um, they've got loads of apprenticeships and stuff like that where mm-hmm. you don't need a degree they've got ones where if you do have a degree that's fine they've got like kind of entry level jobs so Actually, if you go on my Twitter, that really presents. And look at the people that I follow. There's a lot of industry people like RTS Futures. They're quite good for events and stuff. Um, TRC Media and stuff like that. There's lo- they post opportunities. And I'd say if you want to be a presenter as well, get into TV production. Like I did loads of stuff behind the scenes. I was a runner. You know, I did all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I was a programme assistant. Get into production because it starts to show you what TV actually is and how yeah. it works. It's good that there's there's a lot of companies that do things. Uh, airlines they will have people if they want to be a pilot. Yeah. So let's say top mm-hmm. of the pile, but they have to go and spend three months in one department, three yeah. months in another. It gives you that better understanding of you know other people's jobs yeah. and what they have to be doing as well. It's all great advice for anybody that's listening that's that would like to, to get into so. that I feel sort like of thing. I've just spoke a lot of shit. No, no, you, it's all it's all been. <laughs> and pure talked over you. <laughs> I might no, that, that's the thing. It's here, it's you that we're here to listen to, not to me. Um, I might edit out all the four talent stuff and just go and apply myself. Aye, right, right, go. Well, listen, listen. I, don't, I, I genuinely don't know what's happening with that scheme, but I'll put a word in for you if they do it. Uh, oh, it sounds great. In terms of going forward, just as we kind of round up, do you, what's your kind of? I'm not saying like give us the whole game away and the whole plan, but you know, what do you see for yourself over the next few years, considering how far you've come? Oh, and it's an exponential growth type of thing so you, you you will go a lot further oh god I hope so it doesn't feel like that it's weird because you're saying that and people say that outside looking in but I guess it's yourself you always want to get to the next step you're yeah. always comparing yourself to uh-huh. this person and that person's doing this and that person's doing this so you always kind of feel like well, who am I do you know what I mean but um, 
so the big dream for me would be to have my own show. Um, I don't necessarily know if it would be like an a kind of Lorraine sort of set up, maybe a cross between like Lorraine and Ellen, like a kind of afternoon mm-hmm. show where guests are coming on. I'm interviewing. I don't yeah. like a morning show because I'm awful in the morning. I'm such a bitch in the morning. <laughs> so maybe like an afternoon one. So a kind of mix between that where it's like celebrities and yeah. real people. I love Davina McCall. So. I love all the stuff that she's presented. I'd love to have been up for Street Mate when that was coming back around. Um, oh, all those sort of shows. Program. I know, exactly. Um, obviously, shows like Love Island and all that you'd love to present. Do you know Aye, what I mean? Like, Caroline um, Flack's got a good wee number there. Uh, she, she definitely has. She definitely she's has. 39. I know, she looks amazing. She looks incredible I for her age. She, I honestly, in my head, even though I knew she was in her 30s when I'd see her, I'm like, she must be 24. 25. I know, she doesn't look it at all. Like, she looks amazing. Like, oh my gosh, right? Her stylist team and all that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think I'd, it would be to have my own show. As I say, I love Davina and I love um, sort of Long Lost Family, like all of those mm. shows. Because I, in- I love interviewing celebrities. And I do really enjoy that, but I just love real people and I love their stories and I love mm-hmm. uplifting stories and people that have maybe had a hard time in life but they've turned their life around. I yeah. love all that. Do you know what I mean? I love just your ordinary common person. I, I, do you know I, what love, I, mean? that. I love a harrowing story, but with a bright aye, ending. Aye, exactly. It, it, it's relatable, and then people are uplifted when they, when they listen exactly. to it. Exactly. So I would I would love to present stuff like that. But I guess I the long term goal is just to be a successful TV presenter, to be like a Davina, like kind of Lorraine, like up there and that sort of level. That's See, the kind of main goal. Let's just say, right? What would you what would you choose here? You had two options. Holly Willoughby's at the top of a flight of stairs, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got a chance to push her down now. I will say that she will not be injured to a really bad way, but she'll be off her work for let's say two weeks, uh, and nobody will ever notice you pushed her and you get to replace her. I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't. I wouldn't because I, I believe in karma. I'm too anxious. I'm too anxious. I'm an I'm an nervous wreck all the time. So I'd, I, that would be on my conscience, and I can't lie. So I'd, I'd need to tell somebody that I'd, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I think. Listen, the time will come when it's. I think I do believe that the time will come when it's your right time when you're ready. Do you aye, know what I mean? Because I, I do worry, like as well, like. If I was to be that successful now, like, I don't know if I can handle all the hate and all that just mm. yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, touch wood, I've not got any because nobody really knows who I am. Nobody Do you really get recognised when you're out? No, not, well, London, no. I mean, literally, you could be walking past a devil and nobody would even know because it's so big. Aye. Do you know what I mean? So, you, not not really. No, not really. I mean, nah. I, I like, mm, nah, no, not really. Not really. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it any time when I have been and it's never been. I'm so. going to take it that the answer's nah, not really. No, basically the answer's no. I've never right. been I've never been stopped. No, I've not. And, I, like, I would love that. Like, honestly, you would love that. Ah, right, everybody you know I mean? likes that, don't they? That, that exactly. Like, but for me, it's like, when I was younger, when I was, like, 19 or whatever, I'd have been on Love Island. Like, I'd have done anything just to be famous because mm-hmm. I was kind of coming out of that you know, like, not really going anywhere in my life, so I'd have done anything, to, I'd have sold my soul, and that's oh, kind of why I, I kind of came out of it as well. I think it would take me a million pound cash tax-free to go on Love Island. Oh, I couldn't I go on it now, I'm too insecure. Oh my God, I couldn't get getting worse. And see, the guys, like, I don't like this whole the lassies have to chase back, like, I quite, I would want the guy to come up to me and go, I only wanted you for the start, and that's it, otherwise I'd just sit there and get steaming and enjoy the free holiday, like, literally, I couldn't go on that anyway, I like, know. they'd keep me fit, and, oh my God. I'd be too mind. scared with it. I, I, I don't care if I've ever speak to anybody. No, I just, know. Like, imagine, <laughs> get, imagine getting patched on well, like, national TV. poor isn't even like fully Scottish, like in the way he speaks, and nobody understands him. We'd have no chance. I know, by the way. I remember seeing, he, he sounds as if he's a wee bit, I don't know, a wee bit. And maybe he's just, he's aye, maybe he's just putting his voice on to make sure they understand him. He's putting his posh voice on like we do, and we want folk to understand maybe, this. But aye, aye. my point there was that I would have done anything then, whereas now, it's not only about being famous for me, I'm not really fussed about that, uh-huh. but. 
you know, if you've ever been recognised or anybody was asking you for a picture or anybody sends you nice messages, for me, that's what's important, like, because mm-hmm. I want, I want kind of to be recognised for being good at my job, do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I, that's my, I just flipped a coffee thing. That I'm, was really coffee That was quite cool, by the way, it was like the bottle cap challenge. Ah, you caught Didn't it. even mean that. Um, but I, that, that's what's more important to me, to kind of, if I could ever be like, sounds pure wanky, but if I could ever be like an inspiration to someone who is literally sitting in a wee council state or whatever, just watching the telly and thinking that they might never be able to get out there in life because they're from a working class background or whatever that's that's what's most important to me whereas when I was younger it would be I want to be famous blah blah whereas now I'm like Aye. I just want to be good at my job do Aye. you know what I mean that's true I really like that point about it doesn't matter where you are it's not where you're from no, exactly. it's where you're it at where you're going and, and like I shouldn't really go on about it because it's nothing to apologise for but I'm from a working class family you know single parent family probably the first person in my family to go to uni mm-hmm. all that kind of traditional stuff so and like I say that's why I've got my bio like proud Ouija because I'll mm-hmm. never lose that now and if anything I'm actually being more Scottish you on the telly now that part of Aye, why was up with that people from Glasgow don't call themselves Ouija's that's a disparaging I know but term. people always ask me what Jody? What's a Ouija? <laughs> What's a Ouija? Now, glass Ouija, mate. That's what it means. Um, I know, probably pure cringe. I don't know how to write my bio. I'm going to need to go back and rewrite it all. But um, no, like I, I definitely, I'm get, I'm saying things like blather and all that in the telly, or I'll say uh-huh. like a wee gander, and I'm saying things, and my boss will like look at the script and she'll go, I don't know what that means, but it'll make sense when you say it in your accent. So <laughs> just say whatever you're saying. I'm a sure gander. it'll make sense. So I'm definitely throwing things in there that are. Kind of more Scottish, just do you know what? That's where I'm from, and I'm so proud to be Scottish, exactly. and I'm never going to apologise for it. Never lose it. Ever. If anybody wants to find you on social media, and hey! multi- multi- multiple platforms, where can they find so you? So I'm at Jody Presents, J O D I E, and then Presents. And I, I'm pure in a thing where I think I should change it, then everybody's telling me not to, but I don't know if it's like a wee bit silly because it's like Jody Presents. I don't know whether I should just change it to my name, but Laura Whitmore, I met her at an MTV thing ages ago. And she said she really liked it, so I, like Aye. she's done alright for herself, so I might just keep it. But yeah, Jodie presents. I notice, like in radio, it's always like uh, guy Callum. It's like produ- I don't know if Callum has got that actually, but it's always like producer. Producer, Callum. some I, 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 I like, totally. Oh, it's like all right, we get it. You're a producer. I exactly. It's like, have you heard when now like the Chinese people will walk about with like the masks on their face. Aye, I, like, oh, I see that in London. Maybe get it. You're a surgeon. Like don't, <laughs> don't, don't keep going on about no, it. No, I think they do. They do that because of pollution, don't they? Aye, pollution. They keep away from that because I like. Start killing my job. I know. Sorry. <laughs> it was shady. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. You just slagged my part. I'm slagging <laughs> yours. No, um, you, you see that all the time. And that's one of the things I notice when I come home. I got off at Central and I just take a pure deep breath. That and makes I'm like, Scottish air. Fresh air, oh my God. And then you get back down to the rat race and it's just like you can't breathe. But mm. How long have you been talking for? How long is this? Too long. Oh Let's... my God, sorry. I know I've no. spoke a lot of shite. I do apologise, no, folks. It's been great. <laughs> thanks, thanks for your time. No, we'll thank you for asking me. In, in a year from now, when you're, oops, when, when you're even... Oh, I'll be too famous and you won't be able to get me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting on. Right. I'll be desperate asking. You'll be too famous. I'm like, Sean, please, can you put me back in your I'll podcast? Like, email, email my PM. <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. This has been magic. Thanks a lot, Jodie. Thank you very much. Because the hardest part of the game Isn't even playing the game It's caring enough to care about the things that you did Oh, and so we cry and Grafting is
Just a wee bit less of 